little darling The smile will return into the faces now Little darling It seems like years since you've been here Little darling It's been a long Hey, everybody. You're on Voices from the Front Lines, your national movement-building show, your national movement-building magazine we're trying to do. I'm in studio with Channing Martinez, the co-host of Voices, and very excited to be talking to Shapavawa Karima, the General Secretary of the Revolutionary Intercommunal Black Panther Party, on behalf of Kevin Rashid Johnson, and as we say, all political prisoners. Uh, Shapavo, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. You, you haven't gotten I'm... better since the last 10 <laughs> minutes when we spoke, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing. Your, your call helped a lot. I appreciated that. But, um, yeah, I'm happy to be here um, on this platform, and I'm anxious to kind of bring everyone up to speed with what's going on right now. Well, thanks. It was a pleasure to connect with you as well. Let, let me give our listeners some background on what's going on here, because this is uh, going to be a very transformative show for me, uh, because it's going to up my commitment to the prisoners' rights movement. So, Shpavo, I just want to give you a little background and the uh, whole thing with Rashid and all kinds of interesting stuff. And then, But we're going to get right into the f- just... Uh, almost beyond words, uh, persecution that Rashid has received. But, you know, thousands and thousands of political prisoners, some of whom don't even know they're political prisoners, but the way they're being treated. So let me just give our listeners a little bit of background on what's going on. Um, ah, well, the first thing to say is that I was in Students for Democratic Society, and I joined after SDS was... Uh, ended in uh, July of 1969. Uh, By the fall of 1969, I joined an organization called Weatherman, which was not an outshoot of SDS, was a separate organization, in my opinion, negated some of the best parts of SDS. And I think we made a lot of uh, so-called ultra-left mistakes, but it's what I chose, it's what I did. And we had a demonstration uh, against the Harvard Center for International Affairs, and that was a center, a think tank uh, for the U.S. ruling class to carry out genocide against the people of Vietnam, and yes, black political prisoners inside. It was a good idea, seriously, the idea of defacing the property and breaking things and trying to create a conflict for people's in their mind between... uh, well, why would you break the windows? Because these people were dropping napalm on children. Well, why'd you, you know, right. So we attacked property, and they attacked millions of people's lives, and you're upset at us. Mm. So it was a good idea, but we didn't tie it enough to a mass movement the way we could have. But the punchline very quickly is I ended up getting one year in prison for that, and then I appealed on the grounds that you were told you couldn't get any more time, and they make up the rules as they go along, as uh, you probably you know very well, and they gave me two years in prison. And my lawyer said, they can't do that. And I said, well, apparently they can't. And they 
put the handcuffs on me and put me into a paddy wagon and took me to the first prison. So it was quite a transformative experience. I spent 18 months in prison. I ended up in Concord State Prison. And one of the things that I resonate among the so many things that you and Rashid and others have gone through is the question of being shipped out. Uh, I was in the Billerica House of Corrections. They didn't correct me very well. And this was at the period of uh, Attica and prison uprisings and George Jackson. And uh, and the prisons wanted a revolt. And every time they revolted, they would come to me for advice. And I'd say, damn, I want to get out of here. You know, I don't want to revolt. We're doing kind of short time. They said, no, no, we have our rights and so forth. So anytime they would protest, and I would help them, uh, they would ship me out. But the thing I didn't understand is what ship you out means is you're in your cell and it's after the lockup and you're, it could be 12 or 1 or 2 and all of a sudden the cell opens and two uh, policemen, a.k.a. pigs, come in and say, uh, all right, man, let's go. They put handcuffs on you. And I said, where am I going? They said, we'll tell you. Just We won't tell you. And the next thing you know, you're in the back seat of a police car. All your stuff is gone. And you're being driven somewhere, and they won't tell you where it is. The next thing it was, Deer Island Prison. And I was at Deer Island Prison. And then um, I actually liked it there. It was, it was much more black. It was more room to, to run out there. They had grounds and everything. And I was denied parole. And the next thing I know, they come get me in the middle of the night again. I say, where am I going? I don't know. You go back to Billerica which really got me sick. Then <laughs> they put me in solitary confinement, and uh, the next thing I know, they shipped me out again to Concord State Prison, which was actually a positive experience for me, where at the time there was a more so-called progressive pr- prison moment. you know. So when I got out, I've done work. Uh, I wrote a book called Comrade George, an investigation into life political thought and assassination of George Jackson. And I urge you, we're going to have this on the show in the next week or two, and Shapovo, you, you might like it too, Shapovo, because it's uh, it's called 99 Books at uh, freedomarchives.org, and it's a wonderful website uh, with individual testimonies about George Jackson led by Angela Davis and many others, and I'm very, really honored to be one of the people they asked, and these are video presentations, so you you might want to check them out. So I'm almost there, but when I got out of prison, I promised the brothers that I would not forget them, and a lot of these guys were doing a much heavier time than me, obviously. I formed something called the Red Prison Movement, which was just me and my girlfriend, uh, Maria Moon at the time, and we published the book, Comrade George, with the Hovey Street Press, and we started sending it to prisoners. And we we must have sold, sent, sent 2,000, 3,000 copies to prisoners. And as you know, prisoners are writers. <laughs> so every book you send, you get a long, long letter back, with their thoughts on philosophy and asking for help. And so if you can imagine, we sent out 2,000 books and we got 3,000 letters. 
So really, and I spent, and I remember in a new relationship, somebody was saying, can you, you want to go out today? I said, no, <laughs> I got all these letters to answer. So that's at least a little background to get me into this story. And then I have a very good friend named Victor Wallace, who was a very good friend of Rashid. And then I got this terrific book called Defying the Tomb, Selected Prison Writings and Art of Kevin Rashid Johnson, Featuring Exchanges with an Outlaw, which we'll read from at a later point. So I'm almost there. So then uh, Victor says, this guy is great. You've got to be in touch with him. And I have sent Rashid a couple of letters, not as many as I should have. Every time, the story is he shipped out to another prison. One point they were putting glass in his food, strip searched, beaten, all his papers always taken, whatever little effort at just his own life that he tries to put together. The the whole goal is to break your will. Then he shipped out to another prison, and then you'll tell us the story, and another prison. And somehow, I keep getting these emails from Rashid saying, so this is what they did to me, and this is what they did to me, and you got to do... I'm thinking, brother, how do you... Oh, my God, how do you keep your fighting will? How do you keep your sanity? How do you keep putting these emails out? And we got to do more. So all of this started, I finally got an email, and it said to write to, I think it's Ohio, that now, and I wrote to this warden and, you know, told her (laughs) that she should think about being a human being. So out of that, I'm very happy to have Shupavu Wa Karima, who works very closely with both uh, Kevin Rashid Johnson and all the different black political prisoners, and is already going through a particular hell today, which is probably not that much different from many other particular hells you've gone through. But with that introduction, sister, we're really, really happy to have her on the show. Thank you. Um, I'm super happy to be here and super appreciative of being uh, given this space to just really explain the latest struggle. Um, I appreciate your introduction um, and leading up to that, the history, you know, some of the things that you've gone through, and I think you hit on several really important points. Um, I also shout out to Victor Wallace, who's a great comrade um, to both Rashid and myself. I can't say enough about him. Uh, I think he actually made this happen today. But um, Rashid is part of, um, he he actually is a Virginia prisoner. um, And he has, this is the sixth state now he has been in. And he is basically trafficked from state to state in an attempt to frustrate his um, organizing other prisoners, him writing and exposing the conditions inside and um, just generally trying to, you know, frustrate his, his attempts at um, political expression and um, improving conditions for people. Um, this is part of the Interstate Compact Agreement, which um, ironically was initially put together to be able to bring prisoners who were out of state closer to family members and support groups um, in other states to help them, you know, as they were planning to be released so they would have a community of support. Um, but, in fact, we see it as being used for the exact opposite. <laughs> right. And um, in most cases, um, 
really in every case I've seen, um, it's been used for political prisoners uh, or p people who are consciously political prisoners, because I believe every prisoner um, is a political prisoner because this is mm -hmm. an illegitimate state. Right. Um, but that's a whole other story. I won't, I'm not going to get too deep off into that because I don't, I don't know the audience. But <laughs> No, you got the This is called Voices from the Frontlines. You got the right audience. Okay. okay. Um, but it's always been used um, to frustrate attempts at people being organized and, uh, you know, just really fighting for better conditions and just for human rights. Um, you know, Shaka Shakur uh, is in Red Onion right now, I believe, unless they've trans transferred him someplace else. But he is another political prisoner who needs help right now. There was recently a call-in campaign initiated for him. And I've got to get myself familiar with that. But he was actually who was transferred. They they traded Rashid for him, so he went to uh, Virginia, and Rashid is now in, in Ohio now. But initially, was uh, in Indiana after that transfer. Right. But they they do their best. The prison officials, and I'll call them prison officials for this conversation, um, for as long as I can. Uh, right. They. They, you said something about how they make the laws up. You know, even in your situation, you were under the impression that you could appeal for less time. There was no risk to you, and suddenly now you have twice the time. Right. You know, and that's what they do. They create these laws, and they create loopholes for these laws, and they change them at will. And so in order for us to really build a mass prison movement, we're going to have to really challenge the way we look at crime and the way we understand what is criminal, you know, and who is criminalized and who is not, and why these decisions are made. Um, because people are going to have to start caring about what happens to people behind the wall. And, um, you know, the whole way this thing happens, it's very disorienting, because they do, like you said, they come in the middle of the night or else early in the morning. You don't have any advance warning. Right, you haven't been able to call out and tell your family members. Um, they throw your stuff around, and you don't even know where you're going. Right. You know, so imagine you know, being held that way. Someone could march into your house at any time, snatch you out of bed, and you will know where you're going when you get there. Um, and you may or may not get your stuff, So, which is another struggle that we're ha that's happening right now with Rashid. Well, um, let me ask you this as we keep sure. going. I mean, one of the things, there's so much to do here. I mean, one of the things that at the height, you know, at the height of Attica, and I heard there's a great film that just came out on HBO about Attica, by the way, um, we we had like thousands of people trying to pay attention to at least that, like when I was in prison, you know, my brother Richard and the woman I just reconnected with, Sarah Driscoll, had access, came in, my lawyers were always trying to get me out of the hole, you know what I mean? We did, we had articles about me, that's gone, you know what I mean? That mm -hmm. the, the idea of George Jackson and so, you know, didn't do him very well, did it? That we had all, George had a famous book and was still murdered. So, but what you said to me before we talked is shining the light. We gotta shine the light on, in this case, Rashid's case and pick, you know, five other cases at least and start to figure out how do you develop a campaign in Ohio? You know what I mean? How do you develop a campaign in Indiana? So if you could go back I know it's probably the last thing you ever think, but tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get involved in this? What makes you wake up in the morning, whether you have a migraine or not, and do this work? And then we'll get to Rashid and we'll get to the other things. Sure. Um, 
I, I would say my politicization began probably with the uh, death of Trayvon Martin. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was something yeah. as a mother. Um, uh, something, something struck me with that. Something came loose inside, and um, it came to fruition uh, with Ferguson. I was a cadre member of the African People's Socialist Party. Um, I spent some years there. I advanced to the Central Committee of the African People's Socialist Party. Uh, I was uh, Midwest Regional Chair. Um, struggled within that formation. Um, came out of APSP uh, eventually. Landed in TWPA, which is Third World People's Alliance, where I am still a lead organizer in addition to my responsibilities with um, with uh, RIBPP and PSO. But, I mean, ultimately what happened was um, I guess I was kind of slapped in the face. Um, I, I came from a pretty black, petty bourgeois background. Uh, my mother was a professional. My father had a really good uh, factory job at General Motors. We always had health insurance, dental insurance. We enjoyed summer vacations. And so to see what happened with Trayvon Martin was kind of like, you know, one thing about growing up black and pretty well off, you are led to believe that you are actually a part of this, you know, <laughs> that you have some type of power and that, you know, things like this don't happen anymore. And so it was quite a shock. And, um, yeah, it just it led to me having to do something about it. I was very bothered, and I couldn't understand why no one else seemed to be as bothered as me. And, um, yes, I... I Ended up leaving the church because, you know, everything I had been told to do up to that point, you know, to be good, to be successful, to be safe, to be able to keep my children safe, um, was proven to be a lie. And so I knew that I had to find some other way, and I didn't have the answers. So I was going to have to go and find, you know, something bigger to me than me to connect myself with that did have the answers. Um, and that I found that through organization. Well, you know, it's a pleasure to listen to you, cause because, you know, with so many connections, I worked at General Motors for about uh, 12 years, two different GM plants on the assembly line. And, yeah, the black and Latino workers there, it was a, it was a different world. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. they had, we had great money. You know, they were saying they're going to fight for 15. We had 15. You know, yeah. we had 23 if we worked overtime. People had homes and but they were good souls. They, 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 they weren't just, you know, they, they could be organized, which we'll talk about, you know, and I wouldn't write off the black petty bourgeoisie or the black working class because we got to organize them, right? But, mm-hmm. but what you show is radical transformation where you understand not just you want to join an organization, but you really want to join a revolutionary organization, right, where you understand oh, my God, I'm going to have to make major changes in my life, right? I mean, you're both the African People's Socialist Party, Third World People's Alliance. These are deep cadre groups that are really, whose members really take this revolution seriously. Is that accurate? That's absolutely accurate. And, you know, I have I have um, some political and ideological struggles with APSP and some things that went on there. But I will never not be grateful to the training I received um, because it was put in me there that this is serious. This is not something we can do as a pastime. 
or a hobby um, if we really want to dismantle an entire system and build a new world, we're going to have to work at it harder than we work at our full-time jobs. And I learned that there. So I do have to, I do have to express appreciation for that. Um, yeah. Well, you know, sometime we'll tell you about the Labor Community Strategy Center, which is not a explicitly revolutionary organization, but certainly Channing Martinez, who's in the studio with me and Barbara Holland, and a lot of people went through it, uh, we did make this a full-time revolutionary, and still do. You know what I mean? We, wake, we work, at least, at the level of a dedicated revolutionary, and we're having some issues with some young people who don't love the discipline, and we don't know what to do, which we'll come back to. All right? Yeah. So big props to you. I mean that, and we'll keep talking about you. So how do you meet... Uh, Kevin Rashid Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't I don't know if this was made clear. Rashid is my comrade, but Rashid is also my partner. Right, I figured um, that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. So interestingly enough, um, during the whole process of really becoming disillusioned with everything that was going on around me, everything that I had involved myself with up to that point of of you know the murder of Trayvon. Right. Martin and just really seeing um, the um, glaring contradictions in society, I began to research different things. And in my research, I would always come upon, no matter what question I asked Google, um, if it had something to do with <laughs> revolution or, um, you know, anything, um, I would always get a link to his website. And it would be an article that he had written on. That's how prolific he is. So I think it's oh, I know that. Rashid is because I mean I was I was even like early early on I was googling um, because I had become disillusioned with the church, right. but I was also scared to not be a Christian because you know that's what we're taught. So I was trying to find a way. Um, I was googling all kinds of stuff. I won't even get into that, but um, he always came up, and I would read his stuff. And I'm like, who is this guy? You know, um, fast forward um, some years. And I came into contact when I was in APSP uh, with the NABPP. What is the uh, NABPP again? The New African Black Panther Party, which is the party that Rashid originally founded right. uh, in 2005, which we uh, broke with and reconstituted from in uh, December of 2020. Okay. And, um, yeah, and so I had commissioned him to do a portrait of Omalia Shetela, <laughs> because that was, you know, um, the leader in, in APSP, that was the chairperson, and I wanted a portrait, because everyone knows Rashid is an artist, and right. so a comrade put us in contact. Um, I don't think we ever talked about that portrait. Um, it never happened. Um, he's done portraits of me, um, you know, we've <laughs> we never we never got around to Omali, uh, to that happening. <laughs> But um, so he did yeah, you and Emil Cabral, apparently, right? I'm sorry. He did portraits of you and Emil Cabral. Oh, um, he, well, he has done uh, Cabral. I know that's from his book. I was just opening. Yeah, it. yeah, he did. He did. A, <laughs> he's done a couple portraits of me. Um, but yeah, he um really became a trusted friend um, and comrade, but at first I thought his politics were nuts because I come from a very uh, pan-Africanist, even though APSP will tell you 
we're African internationalists. It's completely different. It's, it's another form of Pan-Africanism. And um, it wasn't Pan-African enough for me, what Rashid was talking about. Um, and so it took me some time to be one to the politics. But even during that time, um, I began to trust him and really respect him because he is honestly the only person I've ever met who is a revolutionary all day, every day. Um, he, what he writes about, he really lives that. And I remember even at some points becoming frustrated with him. Cause I'm like, don't you ever take like the weekend off? <laughs> like it's always, you know, I've never met someone who really doesn't lie, who really, if they say they're going to do something, that's what they're going to do. Who really, um, puts the people first. Um, and so that was something that I had to get used to. Um, and I think it helped to win me eventually too, to the politics <laughs> and, and yeah. to fall in love with them too. And to, and to fall in love. That happened first. Right. That, that happened first. Yeah. So you're suggesting <laughs> that Google actually could be a good site for revolutionary matchmaking. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Hey girl, Google me. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, neither one of us was looking for a relationship. Rashid had been, um, you know, just on his own for like 15 years yeah, prior no to kidding. our relationship. And, um, yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Now, in terms of our listeners, a uh, couple of things. Um, we are on a fund drive right now. Uh, 818-985-5735, 818-985-5735 to give money to KPFK. Um, I uh, just came back. I was gone for a little bit, and we played the show I did on Paul Ropes, and uh, I'm deeply honored. The station played it about at least four times. And the first time that we played it in this Voices from the Frontline spot, we raised $1,350. This is on the Criterion Collection, of, which was $250 uh, uh, for a four-DVD set. Uh, and Shapuvo, I'll give you a set. I'll get you a set. It's really, you got to see this. It's pretty amazing. So then... They just kept running it because it did well, and it's got beautiful energy between myself, Alan Minsky, and Channing Martinez, and and uh, the deep caring about Paul Robeson, one to me, one of the great revolutionary heroes of all time. Feel like he's one of my closest friends, and I think and talk to him all the time. So now I'm back, and we want to raise some more money from KPFK. I wanted you to call in to speak to Shapavu, but we can't because it's, you know, the way the lines work is when you call 818-985-5735, you're going to get the contribution line, which is actually a very good thing to do. Because look, folks, uh, you were asking, can I talk about this on this station? There's only one station that would allow this conversation. Uh, you're not going to get this on N. Come on, you're not going to get this on NPR. You're not going to get Paul Robeson as a revolutionary communist on NPR. So often, the fun drive is—it's the lifeblood of KPFK. We listen and we give money. We listen and we give money. But this is a rather amazing show, and I think it could be another historic show because 
we're going to do more work with political prisoners. There's a very, uh, I think, beautiful conversation I had with uh, Mumia Abu-Jabbar about 15 years ago. That's still on our site, VoicesFromTheFrontlines.com. This conversation will be on our site, both VoicesFromTheFrontlines.com, uh, and also you'll be able to listen to it, uh, kpfk.org, and then uh, in their archives, and then you could also listen to the podcast on uh, SoundCloud and uh, Spotify and Apple. So we're trying. You get it? We're trying to get the word out. and We're trying to do revolutionary work. But the revolutionary work is tied to the station because we're going to do a lot of work for, for Rashid. This is not going to be, I promise you, we're not going to do one show and say, all right, now on to the next one now. That's not how we do it. We'll try to keep the spotlight on him and then a growing number of political prisoners. So... If you want this kind of work to be done on KPFK, if you want us to expand the listenership, which we're trying to do, if we want political prisoners and their allies, their friends, to be able to come on this show, and we're going to get to, as soon as I finish this fundraising appeal, uh, Shapavo, I want you to go right to what's happening to Kevin right this minute. What can we do? What are the, you know, all the people to call if you can get all that material ready? Ah, because the show has to do stuff. You listen to voices. This is the show where you do stuff, not just think stuff. Uh, if somebody writes a book, I don't have to sell the book to say, yeah, the, the logic would be you'd get the book. If somebody is uh, calling for help, the logic would be you would call in response to the help. If this is the kind of show you want, which is voices, if this is going to station you want, KPFK, consider uh, $250. Because I think one thing I'm allowed to do is tell you that at 250 you can still get the Paul Robeson Criterion Collection. That's always going to be there. For $100, I'm also allowed to tell you that you can get my book, Playbook for Progressives, The 16 Qualities of the Successful Organizer. If you just want to not have a premium, still, 818-985-5735. But $250, you get the Paul Robeson Criterion Collection. For $100, you get Eric Mann's Playbook for Progressives. And I mean it, after we figure this out, uh, we'll try to get copies of Defying the Tomb for you. But you can, uh, oh, how would people get copies of Defying the Tomb? Let's start there. And Chapavo, let's get to all the different specific terrible things that are being done and the specific things that you want people to do to help Kevin and other p political prisoners. Great. So um, if people want copies of Kevin's books, uh, they can contact me or our party, um, and I'll, I'll make sure that I get my email address out. Um, we have Facebook and Instagram accounts, Revolutionary Intercommunal Black Panther Party. I can be reached at general.secretary at ribpp.org. Um, and, uh, yeah, we can, we can give information to people on books and uh, artwork and all kinds of things. Um, so what is happening right now? Like I mentioned earlier, Rashid, this is the sixth state that Rashid has been in. 
Um, and this, we know, is a retaliatory transfer. Rashid right now has two cases pending in the Southern District uh, of Indiana U.S. Federal Court against the Indiana Department of Corrections for uh, abuses of prisoners and um, the abuse of youth of solitary confinement in the state of Indiana. Uh, Rashid was told very specifically twice prior to his transfer, hey, if you, um, you know, if you want to keep kind of moving the way you're moving, writing, um, and, 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 and being here, you will drop this case. And Rashid, anyone who knows Rashid, don't threaten him with a good time. And he's like, no, I'm not dropping anything. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why they approach him the way they do. It's like they don't learn. They, they don't get him. They don't get him. And they came back to him about a week before the actual transfer. And they said, um, you need to drop that, that lawsuit or you're going to end up someplace and you're not going to like the conditions. You know, this is exactly what was told to him. And Rashid is like, okay, you do what you got to do. I'm going to do what I got to do. Um, and he refused to drop the litigation. Um, Indiana is so pressed about the litigation because um, it is being tried in the same court in front of the same judge that ruled against the Department of Corrections uh, a couple of years ago in the death of Philip Littler. Or not in the death, but there was an abuse case brought against um, the Department of Corrections. Um, Philip Littler was a prisoner, very small of stature, um, you know, kept to himself. For some reason, um, they had taken a dislike. And they do that. Guards will take a dislike to certain prisoners, and they'll try and set them up to be attacked and all kinds of nastiness. And they basically laid a plan um, in, in the email, in an email thread, um, an official organizational email thread on how they were going to attack um, and gas Philip Littler. They were going to shoot him directly in the face with one of the canisters, one of the guns, um, and they were going to beat him. And this is all on, in, in email thread. Um, so basically when it came uh, time to investigate, they lied, they entered false evidence. Um, someone blew the whistle, provided the, the information, and the judge actually ruled against the DOC and was you know, very stern in her um, you know, remarks about how she did not trust him, and this guy won over $100,000. Um, I think it was like over $150,000. He died, I think, within the year um, because he had developed mouth and face cancer Jesus. because they sprayed him, beat him, and then left him with uh, the gases in the open wounds. He had broken bones in his face, and you know these, these gases are known uh, carcinogens. And you're supposed to decontaminate a prisoner and all of their belongings immediately after gassing, which never happens. So uh, Rashid had discovered that they had entered um, false evidence and concealed evidence to respond to his motion. And he had filed a motion in turn for um, citations of contempt to be brought against Indiana DOC. They thought that they could transfer Rashid to another state and that he would lose his legal standing to press these issues. Um, that is not what happened. Um, so failing that, um, they basically um, are doing, they're, they're keeping him without property. All of his property, which includes personal items and things like that, books, but we're not so much concerned with that because we have supporters. We can buy Rashid more books. 
we're talking about his legal property, um, the research that he's done over years um, that was all pain, painstakingly done. You know, these people, they don't have laptops or computers. Everything that Rashid does, everything he files is by hand. Oh, um, wow. And so they know if they can cut him off from being able to communicate um, in writing and cut off his phone calls, they think that he can't communicate with the courts, but what they don't know is Rashid taught me a lot. And so um, I was in contact with one of the court clerks who was very helpful, and I have been able to file motions on Rashid's behalf just to keep the cases open. Um, and so they're pissed about that. So this time, Rashid, it started with a 30-day phone and commissary restriction to keep him off the phone and to keep him out of the commissary, which would allow him, which would prevent him from uh, purchasing stationery to write with. Then it became a 60-day, and now it's a 90-day. They keep hitting him with false charges. Um, the officer's name is uh, Sergeant Joshua McAllister, right. and he quoted, we, we quoted him. He said uh, to Rashid, I am an old-school, dirty cop. I've been doing this since I was a teenager. You don't know about us. The Klan has nothing on us. He literally said that was that's a direct quote. Right. Um, and so this is the same person who gives the charges and then who finds him guilty of the charges. Um, Rashid has explained to me that when you get a charge in prison, you're supposed to have at least 24 hours to respond to the charge, to prepare a defense and to respond. He's being yanked out of the cell, um, hit with the charge, and found guilty all in one fell swoop. So we've encountered our, our, our people are calling the prisons, and the prisons are saying, well, he hasn't, you know, followed the appeal, the appeal process. How do you appeal? Right. <laughs> what is the appeal process when the person who's finding you guilty is the same one who hears the appeal? Shapava, one more question, because I want you doing great, and Channing wants to come in. Can you sure. give our listeners uh, your email again, because I think that's going to be the key, but Tell okay. us the people. I, you know, I just wrote to one. I sent you a copy of the letter I wrote to Ohio. Can you lay out all the different people, just once that they have to be writing to, and both from Indiana and Ohio, and then realistically, uh, we'll want people to get in touch with you, uh, right? Because if if they get all the information, that's great. And also, it'll be up on Voices from the Front Lines. I just realized. And Channing okay. will talk about that. So if you could tell us what to do and who okay. to do it with, too, then Channing's right going to come into the conversation. Yeah, right now we need calls and emails to keep happening, no matter what they tell you. Until we hear from Rashid, we don't believe anything. Um, the best way to keep up with the most current information is to reach out to me or follow us on Facebook um, or Instagram because I post everything there there's so many numbers exactly I, I, I can't rattle them off now because yes. again rashid is someone who actually i hate to say belongs but um scare quotes belongs to the department of corrections in virginia right. so they ultimately have authority and so we're hitting headquarters in virginia uh harold clark is the director of the virginia department of corrections um annette chambers smith that's where i wrote to yeah, she's the director of the Ohio Rehabilitation and uh, Corrections Department, Department of Rehabilita Rehabilitation and Corrections. Um, all of these people are listed. So we're hitting people in Virginia, Ohio, and Indiana because they are all right. um, complicit. And Ohio at this point is acting in collusion 
with Indiana because they are keeping Rashid incommunicado to help, you know, obstruct this case, which um, is a really serious, serious offense because Rashid is a litigant in a federal suit. So the things that they're doing are so unconstitutional. But again, like you said earlier, Eric, they make the laws and then they make other laws <laughs> to get them out of the trouble that they create from breaking those laws. Um, so it's general dot secretary at R-I-B-P-P dot org. And tell me what R-I-B-P-P, tell what that stands for, the stands for so they'll, they'll know so the letter. Yeah, that's the Revolutionary Intercommunal Black Panther Party. R-I-B-P-P. So it's General Dot Secretary at R-I-B-P-P dot org or com? Dot org. Dot org. Channing, why don't you come on in, and then we still got some more stuff to do, but we're so glad you're with us. I just want to say one thing. Kevin met his match in you. Uh, (laughs) You are something else. Boy, I'd like... If I was in, I couldn't think of anybody I'd want to be fighting like you do. So I mean that. Channing, that. Channing, talk to us. Yeah, I mean, I'm mainly listening to the conversation and learning a lot about political prisoners. And, I, you know, we've studied a lot of political prisoners in the Strategy Center for years. And so, um, and also, I'm so grateful to have you on Voices because this is what we're trying to do on Voices is how do you really bring light, as you've said, to all of these uh, all of the, you know, situations and all the forms of oppression that no one else wants to give light to. Um, I also kind of wanted to read your letter to yeah, Annette Chambers because I thought it was really great. Okay. Um, is, yeah. Is that okay, Shapavo? Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't had a chance to, to check it out yet, so right, I, well, I, I'd like to hear it as well. Okay, cool. All right. So I'm going to read it. And I thought it was great because you spoke to her as an actual person, like how do you even sleep at night? So let me let me read it. Uh, Dr. Anna, Dr. Annette Chambers Smith, I'm writing with outrage about the treatment of Kevin Rashid Johnson, who is in your custody as you violate all of his civil rights. I don't know how you sleep at night. You can't really believe this is a Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation when Mr. Johnson is deprived of his personal papers, his personal belongings his right of being in the general population, his right to defend himself legally while being put in harm's way for intentional physical retaliation from white racist prisoners and prison guards. What has this man done to you? He is a political prisoner, and you could be exemplary exemplary to defend his rights. I am the director of the Labor Community Strategy Center in Los Angeles, a regional and national civil rights group. I ask you to go beyond any personal or political animus against Mr. Johnson and find your best self to stand up against his persecution. What is the problem with letting this man live, breathe, and fight for his own rights? I urge you to directly intervene in this situation and bring decency and compassion to the situation. I hope to receive a personal response from you and we'll be calling you directly on Monday, August 9th, so we can communicate directly on this matter. I was a political prisoner in Massachusetts for 18 months for demonstrations against the war in Vietnam. I was very fortunate that many prison officials treated me with decency and respect, and while not necessarily 
agreeing with my personal thoughts or actions allowed me to do my time without intimidation or harassment and in fact took affirmative action to make sure that did not happen. I hope you can find it in your heart to do the same. Eric Mann. Wow. Yeah. Was that, um, I, I'm struggling to stay on top of emails. I don't know if you actually forwarded that. To I me. did, I did, I did. That's okay. okay. Don't worry. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to definitely go back um, and just ponder on that. One thing I thought was interesting about uh, Ms. Chambers Smith, one of the comrades actually pointed out, I guess they found a picture of her when we were searching for, you know, contact information, and they were shocked, and they were like, she looks like a sister. Right. Like, this is a sister right. who's doing this. And I just took the opportunity to say, hey, you know, our class enemies are going to come in all different colors, um, just like our comrades will. So, yeah, it's, it's really interesting that, um, you know, we believe that this is even a black woman who, um, you know, is completely, um, has completely bought into this whole idea of law and order, even to have risen as high as she's risen in Ohio right. of all places, because I think you even hinted at this, that, you know, different prisons and different prison um, populations around the country have different, you know, political climates and things like that. Some of them are progressive. Some of them are very, you know, repressive and conservative. And Ohio is one of the latter. And um, so, yes, yeah, she, she's the top woman in the state of Ohio. And so um, I'm just really appreciative. I, I, I'm asking that the letters keep coming, uh, the phone calls keep being made, um, because we are wearing them down. We absolutely are. Uh, let me say this. The voice you're hearing, the wonderful voice, and thank you, Channing Martinez, another wonderful voice, is Shupavu Wa Karima, General Secretary of the Revolutionary Intercommunal Black Panther Party. And... Um, you're on KPFK, 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, streaming live on the web, kpfk.org. You can check us out also at Voices from the Front Lines. And Chupavo, you know, when you're up at 2 or 3 in the morning, you've got nothing to do, check out our website. It's really good, and um, you'll see a lot of really good shows, hear a lot of good shows that Channing uh, puts up every single week. Um, so give some money to KPFK is the point because it still gets measured. You know, when we do a show like this, uh, Voices listeners, what we want to do during Fund Drive is do political program, even harder political program. You know what I mean? We don't want to do a Fund Drive show. That screws us up. It changes our mentality if we just have to keep saying 818-985-5735. If you have to have long speeches every time about why to give money, which when I listen, I mean, if I didn't get it the first time, I'm probably not going to give. But if I didn't hear it the second time, so there's a certain limited number of times you want to say it. But this is shockingly great programming that we're experiencing as it's going on. Do you understand? You're getting a chance to go inside this horrible prison system that Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton were instrumental in developing. You know, Bill mm -hmm. Clinton's uh, uh, the the concept of the predator and the super predator mm -hmm. and uh, welfare as we know it, knocking black women off 
public assistant putting black men and women into prison. So this is not a Republican thing. 818-985-5735. And then, Shapoo, I wanted to tell you something interesting, that what I do. I think we... Uh, tell me the uh, that woman's name again, even though I just wrote to her. Annette Chambers-Smith. Chambers right. So the director. Right. Annette Chambers-Smith. And let's assume that she is black. Yeah. So here's a thought. And I'm going to make a commitment to do it. Otherwise, you know, I'm a little bit rushy in the sense of don't have any ideas you don't plan to do, right? Um, we're going to do a mini campaign on her because and to her because there are splits inside black people inside the system. They are. They may be repressing them. They may be rising by being the baddest of the bad. You know what I mean? They may be rising by hating their own people and saying, well, I don't want black people to be criminals and I'm here to crack down to show, you know, you've been in that class, right? I'm here to show that we're not like those people. But let's just figure out what we can do, okay? I'm going to talk out loud. Let's figure out where she went to college. Let's figure out her alma mater. Let's write to the university that graduated her. Let's find out where she goes to church. Let's find out who our friends are. Let, let's, you know, let's make it like she's going to become famous, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not just the same tired letters. I'm sorry, I don't agree. You've got to find some angle in, and it doesn't mean the letters are not important, but we have to figure out each case, what is it going to take to move a person and I'll spend more time with you learning. I want to be very clear, learning first. But the Strategy Center is going to help on this campaign, and we're going to start with Annette Chambers-Smith and see how we do. So eight, what would you think of that, by the way? I'm all for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm all for it. You know, conditions are constantly changing. I'm a materialist, so um, let's, let's mix it up, you know. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's see what we can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, we we have a theory here. You know, it's a, it's a uniform enemy, but there's contradictions among the enemies. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. And you know, we got a uh, we got a police chief to return one tank and three grenade launchers and sixty one M16s back to the Department of Defense. We got him to make an apology. Uh, so we win some things. We, you know, you you have force, but you also have the power of the moral challenge to people and to find out who... Anyway, you, you get it. We, we want to help. That That's the punchline. It's not like I know what to do, but you got to come up with something creative to make it happen. 818-985-5735. Uh, I'm very serious. To give a vote of confidence to Shupavu, who I just called a little ahead of time. I'm so glad we connected. You were fighting off a migraine. Tell us about the paint and the other stuff going on because you got to give money indirectly to support this work. You give it to KPFK, which allows us to let the prisoners' rights movement have a voice here. If you want that with no premium except that you're not in solitary confinement and you want to get people out who are, 818-985-5735, make the most generous contribution so it goes down to say that when we did the Kevin Rashid Johnson show, a lot of you did respond, and then you'll also be responding uh, 
as she said, to general.secretary at ribpp.org. Uh, back to you, Shapava. Where do you want to take it now? We got about, uh, D'Angelo, how many minutes we got? D'Angelo, how many minutes do we have left? Oh, good. We have five. So you know how to. Uh, you get you get a lot of the last words, Shapavo. Thank you. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm going into a meeting in, in like a few minutes as well. Sure, so sure, sure. I just I want to I want to um, emphasize to people to please reach out to me. Please, um, I'm I'm on social media. Um, find our parties page, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Contact me by email. Um, if you want to be added to Rashid's support list, send me your email address. Um, we will add you so you will get his articles when he writes them. You will get updates about what's going on with him. Please keep calling. Please keep writing. Again, like you mentioned, Eric, if you have ideas that you want to, you know, talk about, contact us with ideas. Let's strategize together. Um, yeah, just but please, please, please keep the pressure up. This is the only thing that they respect. Um, or not even respect, they fear it. They fear public scrutiny. They fear light being shown on what they're doing. And we are the only line of defense for people who are locked up on the inside. I can't stress that enough. The only line of defense. And anyone involved in this type of radical organizing or any leftist movement, you could be the next political prisoner. It's that real. That's right. So we organize for our comrades, but we also organize for ourselves. It's that real. Well, I want to say one thing back to you. I mean in the most serious way. I think a vote of confidence in Shapovalov's work is another reason to give to KPFK 818-985-5735. Another thing is to, is to contact her directly because even though I know you got a lot of emails and a lot of people, your morale is very important because you're out there fighting on the front lines to help the people on the front lines. So we're going to be in touch with you more than you want, Shapiro. You'll be getting. I got to have a separate uh, email where I can send you more emails than you ever want to get. But starting with sending you the stuff we got, okay? You've been absolutely wonderful to be on the show. Uh, General dot secretary at r i b p p dot org. Uh, yeah, so everyone, uh, everything will be on the vo- on the Voices from the Frontlines website. It's so important to give to KPFK, but the last thing I wanted to say is our website is a very important organizing tool, and we're counting on you, listeners, organizers, leaders of the movement, to help us expand this story. Um, KPFK is, you know, one of the very few stations that's actually covering this, and had you not listened to this station, would you even know about it? Kevin Rashid Johnson, right? Um, and so, like Eric is uh, coming up with ideas on the spot on the air, we're expecting to hear from you to come up with ideas as well and to share this show with everyone you can um, to bring more light to this situation. So how do they tell us about the, the podcast? The podcast is on Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, uh, FM, Every podcast site that you can ever think of, Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts as well. Um, it's also on our website, VoicesFromTheFrontlines.com, and it's also on the KPFK archive site following the show, archive.kpfk.org. So one thing we'd ask you, Shapavo, is if you could put out some social media about Voices and send people our way. 
And in return, we can send people your way. That would mean a lot. Uh, after, Absolutely. All right, after the show, Channing will be in touch with you, and you guys can, you know. So thank you. can't thank you enough for being on the show, and thank you, you know, for just everything. And, and this will be the first of many. How's that for a deal? That sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate you all. Thank you so much. Take good care of yourself. All power to the people. All, all power, power to, to the, the people. people. That's how we end the show every time. So, you know, one of the things that I'll end with sort of saying is this, that when I was being shipped out, I was in a police car in the back with my hands cuffed in the middle of the night, and I saw people out there, and they were, I don't know, just walking relatively free, and they had no idea what, what, what was happening to me. And even if they did, they weren't going to jump in the car and free me, you know. And I was struck by the average person just walking down the street. And I don't have the right to walk down the street. I don't even have the right to be in my cell. You know, they can just take you out of your cell, put you in the back seat. You may never ever show up anywhere, by the way. And even though I was in a very privileged situation, I was very aware of it. So this Kevin Rashid Johnson is a real political hero. Give money to KPFK, 818-985-5735. Go on VoicesFromTheFrontlines.com. Check us out. Uh, get in touch with Shupavu at General.Secretary at R-I-B-P-P. Thank you, D'Angelo, as always. Thank you, Channing. We'll see you next Tuesday. We'll come up with something good. And as she ended, that's how we end. All power to the people. I think my way.